Welcome to the Bucket List Project podcast, a weekly show that talks about stories from my pursuit of nomadic lifestyle around the world, interviews with interesting people who I have met in this journey, and a generous dose of thought-provoking conversation around travel as a lifestyle choice. If you love to listen on topics revolving around travel, then this will be your perfect companion for the ride to office or your morning jog or in general when you're winding down for the day. We have new episodes releasing every Friday with interesting topics. So do share and subscribe to our podcast and get your weekly share of travel inspiration. A question I get asked quite often is how to score cheap flight tickets. It is a question very easily asked but very difficult to answer. Um I have been fortunate enough to score cheap flight tickets across the globe over the past 10 years. Uh my personal top 3 which I'm very proud of is a 500 rupee return ticket from India to Malaysia, 10000 rupee business class return ticket from India to Turkey and a 25000 return ticket from India to New Zealand. None of these were due to just one trick alone. it involved understanding the airline pricing mechanism over the years and knowing what behavior rewards you with best fares but before we get into the details of the tricks or hacks it's time to dwell into the behavioral history of dynamic pricing which is the cornerstone of airline pricing today very early on traders used something called as traditional haggling system a type of negotiation where the buyer and the seller of a good or service debate the price or nature of a transaction this was dictated by demand supply seasonality quantity of purchase and sometimes even the skill of the person negotiating this early form of dynamic pricing however lost favor among people purely because of the fact that it was so difficult to track and very subjective and it led to something called as a fixed price tag system in fact the premise of this fixed price system actually originated from religion which states everyone is equal before god and everyone should be charged the same price we would assume this would make everything affordable and accessible to all sections of the people However, contrary to its spirit, it led to strict price regulation by governments who were so far removed from the market dynamics that services like flying became accessible to only the rich few elites. The airline industry in unison wanted to break this. And with the advent of the Airline Deregulation Act in 1978, it gave birth to the dynamic pricing as we know today you would assume that the dynamic pricing in the hands of a greedy corporate would make it look worse but you are underestimating the power of free market economics growing gdp consumption economy competition and global mobility has literally transformed this industry and if you look at inflation adjusted airfares there's in fact a 50% reduction compared to the pre 1980s era that is quite astonishing isn't it 
The Airline Deregulation Act, in fact, has democratized flying across countries and all economic sections of the society. To keep up with the latest demand in its current form, the airline dynamic pricing has become an algorithm beast, to say the least. Um, the system dynamically factors in as many as 25 plus variables now to determine the price of that one seat in the flight when you are searching for it. In this complex environment, have you ever wondered while flying, am I the one paying the cheapest fare for this seat on this plane, carrying hundreds of passengers? At least I ask myself this question most of the times when I'm flying. I'm Srinath Shankar, your host, a party master scuba diving instructor, co-founder of Pick Your Train, India's fastest growing leisure travel brand, a digital nomad and a slow travel proponent. Today's topic of podcast uh, is scoring that elusive cheap airfare deal. A lot of you have been asking me this question uh, for the last five, six years, and I thought that this would make for a great podcast episode. To demystify this topic, I'm going to take a stab and attempted throwing some light on how the economics of airfare actually operates. Some parts might sound technical, but I'll try and keep it as simple as possible for the listener's benefit. But before we get into this, I wanted to set some basic ground rule. If you're somebody who is very specific in your choice with respect to, you know, date of travel, airline brand, cancellation terms, last minute booking, then this podcast might disappoint you. You know, travel is all about being flexible, right? Uh, why don't you loosen up a bit and who knows, you could score your cheap airfare. The second disclaimer I wanted to put forward is that this podcast is not a credit card points redemption hacks tutorial. In India, unlike US, the credit card points economics are not lucrative enough or limited to a very small section of audience and cards. I have not been a big fan of it generally as it requires a lot of credit card spends or requires joining fees or very long tenure to fulfill the dream of a free ticket. So shall we get started? I'll begin with dissecting the components of an airfare. Like any other product pricing, an airline fare is a combination of multiple fixed and variable costs. Actually, there are four large components that exist. I'll go one by one. The base fare. It is a variable component of an airfare determined by the flight's departure time, departure date, popularity of the route, seasonal demand, type of aircraft, and flight occupancy. This is a highly dynamic component of airfare and also has the most complex algorithm setting the price. The second one is the fuel surcharge. Originally in spirit, this fare component was added for airlines to recover the variable fuel cost due to the fluctuating nature of oil prices. But in its current avatar, it is not just the fuel price, but also competition, aircraft operating cost and government regulations that dictate this component. This is generally expected to move in the similar direction of fuel prices. The third one is the airport fees and taxes. This is almost standardized and fixed by airports. Uh, in India, you will see that all the airports have a very similar fees barring a few hundred rupees here and there. 
However, outside India, this fee is very, very different between, let's say, a low-cost hub and a full-cost hub, such as the two airports you have in Kuala Lumpur and in Bangkok. And if you take a region like Europe, uh, you would see that Switzerland has a higher airport fees and tax compared to, uh, let's say, a Paris or a Rome or even an Amsterdam. Uh, as a thumb rule, they form a very small percentage of the overall airfare, unless you're flying domestic, where the percentages could be higher. And the final fourth one is the carrier imposed fees. Uh, in the age of services and add-ons being decoupled, this is a fairly good chunk of airfare component, wherein the prices of additional conveniences that you're opting on would be added here. Typically, these are additional baggage allowance, cancellation flexibility, loyalty points being accrued at a higher rate, upgrade flexibility, and seat selection uh, in general. So we've discussed about the four components that uh, comprise a airfare, right? The secret of a cheap airfare essentially is hidden in the complex algorithms of these four components. Uh, but don't worry, you can still get the better of it if you're able to study the patterns and passionately spend time collecting information. In fact, for me, it is a weekend hobby. I continue to study and classify airfare trends and announcements um, uh, for my consumption and it probably takes up like one hour of my time uh, every week. Uh, let's break down each of these components one at a time and give you some tips in terms of how you can also do the same. Alright, okay, so let's start with the base fare. Alright, think of base fare like a collection of multiple champagne glasses which are stacked like a tower which you see in weddings. In airline parlance, these glasses are called as RBD which is, stands for Reservation Booking Designator, alright? A particular number of seats are allocated to each RBT class and they are ranked from the lowest to the highest price for the same economy seat. The lowest fare RBDs are generally limited in count. They are at the top of the pyramid and they get filled first. Our aim when we are scouting for the cheap airfare is to grab the lowest RBD fare before it runs out. Alright, um, in airlines terms, uh, these RBDs are called class L, class S and class T for economy, class I for business class and class P for first class. So how do I generally score these low RBD fares? Number one, I sign up for airline newsletters. I know that it is going to spam your inbox, but you can filter with the keyword sale or promotion so that only such emails grab your attention. But why airline newsletters? Because they are generally the first source of information when these low RBD fares are announced. Airlines, they call them promotional fares or seasonal sale. All right. Uh, and that is what you will see in the email as well. Uh, so what I generally do is I casually peek into my inbox, you know, once in a while uh, to see if there's any such new update that has come. Over a period of time, I have observed a behavioral pattern of many airlines and when they do it. A common observation, let's say for example, a Middle Eastern airline. They do it around December to beginning of Jan, 
for their summer season sale and somebody like singapore airlines they do it twice a year once in july and once in november for their winter and summer travel respectively but if you also sign up for newsletters and with as many airline newsletters that you sign up for you will start gaining insight in terms of when each airlines is actually announcing their lowest rbd sale in the website stand alone this sale announcement information by itself is not necessarily useful why because getting the exact date and routes where these fares are available is a very very difficult exercise but i'll let you in on a secret uh, most of us will be searching on airline website we'll be searching on let's say for example uh, meta search engine or even google flights right uh, thankfully there is something called as ITA matrix by Google which is such a powerful tool to get this information very easily uh if you go to that particular website uh, which is ITA matrix uh you can choose your departure destination say for example chennai and you can choose multiple arrival destinations like you if you're going to europe you can input all the cities that you are potentially visiting further you can also choose flexible dates and duration of visit in the input field what it does with this is that it gives you a calendar with all the cheapest tickets available for the permutation that you have given as input so let's say for example you have given from chennai and you have given paris rome um amsterdam uh, london all of these are your, as your arrival destination in europe or uk it will check all of these routes and it will also check for the window of dates that you have given and for the duration of the travel that you have given and after all of that research and all of that search it will be able to give you which are the dates where you have the cheapest airfare available a lot of times uh, it is my favorite time pass just to study competitive landscape of airlines and the pricing trends using this particular tool uh so even when there is no sale information available you can generally use this tool to get the cheapest ticket available at that particular moment it is way more powerful tool than any of the otas or meta search engines for the aviation geek now the third step once you have found the cheapest airfare is to actually lock it in and then finalize your plan and finalize your leaves generally what i do is i try and block the airfare either directly with the uh, airline or with the travel agent that you're working with uh, and it gives you anywhere between 48 hours to even a week uh, so that you can firm up your plans and then go ahead and book this this option actually is now gaining a attention with a lot of airlines uh, in fact offering it as an online service for a fees i would highly recommend uh, using this feature purely because of the fact that one if you are able to find a great airfare you are not only able to lock it in for a very minimal fee but it also gives you a lot of time to think through and take that final decision well uh, these three steps if systematically followed will always help you find a cheap rbd airfare however we have discussed all white hat tips till now there are a couple of black hat tips which exist which a lot of aviation geeks try and use against the system 
um, while from a customer perspective, this might not look black hat or illegal, but I consider them to be black hat because it arises from an element of human error. There are totally two of them that I am aware of and I have, you know, kind of benefited uh, by it in the past. Uh, number one, uh, as you know, airline industry and the systems are a very legacy system that is in place, especially with respect to the technology. So some of these base fares have to be loaded manually into the system through human intervention. Sometimes it so happens that there is an error in pricing while uploading and it gets the attention of consumers who book it. Uh, there was one such time when I booked a 10,000 rupee business class ticket to Istanbul because somebody had uploaded a wrong airfare. Uh, how do you find them? There are closed Facebook and Reddit groups which publish these error fares as soon as they notice it. Uh, you Here, you will have to be swift enough to grab these tickets because the airline systems are fast enough to catch the error and change it very quickly. It probably lasts for maybe one hour at best. The other risk, obviously, is the ticket being honored or not. It is obviously airline's prerogative or choice, uh, and I completely agree that, and I stand by that also. The second tip that I have uh, generally benefited from is uh, that the truth that lower RBD not being available does not always mean that it is booked. Some full-cost airlines, as I had mentioned uh, before, allow for tickets to be blocked, right? Uh, before they are issued or booked. In such instances, a lower RBD, though blocked, can become available later on if the block is released. The online OTS or direct airline website generally cannot help you with this or help you access these released lower RBD seats because it is a very manually intensive exercise. You need to keep checking for it and then block it. Uh, so it works if you have access to uh, Amadeus terminal yourself or you are working with an offline agent who has access to this terminal. Even for them, the incentive has to be meaningful to search on your behalf, right? So if you ever chose to you know, go down this path, be willing to pay a fee to your travel agent irrespective of the result. Sometimes you will be pleasantly surprised and sometimes you can be disappointed. With this, we cover the base fare component of the entire cheap airfare car discussion that we are having. Moving on, the next fare component that is uh, going to be dissected is the fuel surcharge. As mentioned earlier, this is a variable component of the airfare, but to be very honest, the algorithm here is almost a black box and left to the discretionary logic of each airlines. While it is expected to surely have high correlation with the fuel prices, it has other factors as I mentioned earlier, especially the operational cost, the aircraft types and the competition. For instance, I have observed Middle Eastern Airlines are supposed to have fuel advantage as they are one of the largest producers of oil and obviously have access to cheap fuel. However, the fuel surcharge is not necessarily the cheapest with these airlines. Probably because they're compensating for large aircraft fleet, uh, the larger aircrafts and the operational cost associated with it. So optimizing for fuel surcharge when you're looking for cheap airfares is limited to very few, you know, thumb rules, uh, if I have to put it that way. Number one is you book as much in advance as possible. The fuel surcharge in earlier class of tickets 
uh, especially the RBDs that we're talking about, is expected to be lower because the airline will want to amortize the cost over all seats and it knows that it has time to fill all the seats. Closer to the departure date, the fuel surcharge starts increasing if the occupancy is lower. They have a smaller window to cover up for the operational cost, right? Uh, this is also one of the reasons why you will see despite flights being empty or not necessarily full, uh, you when you book last minute tickets, the airfares are not necessarily cheap. Number two is when you book between hubs where the fuel surcharge is capped, you, you know, generally are bound to benefit from it. Some examples are when you are, you know, going to Thailand or Saudi Arabia, uh, even you know, I'll give a very specific example. From Chennai to Thailand, you will more often than not uh, see that uh, the airfares, they are always within a particular range. They don't shoot up too much or they don't go down too much also. They always are within a window. And some of the reasons for that is because the fuel surcharges in a uh, very clearly capped and regulated. To be very honest, I've never tried optimizing for this section of the airfare and uh, mostly people who look at optimizing this are people who are booking with loyalty points because those are the ones who have to pay the fuel surcharge and it impacts them the most. Having said that, this component also has a black hat tip uh, because there's an element of system error that is possible. There is something called as a fuel dumping. Uh, which results out of complexity of the fuel surcharge algorithm. Let's say you want to travel from Chennai to Paris and return from Paris to Chennai. This return ticket will have a fuel surcharge component in the airfare, right? However, if you add a third leg to this ticket, let's say Chennai to Colombo on a later date after you've returned from Paris, Sometimes the algorithm gets confused and takes the lower fuel surcharge of Chennai to Colombo, thereby dumping the entire Chennai Paris segment fuel surcharge. You will have a cheap airfare from Chennai to Paris and you can leave out the Chennai to Colombo uh, as a no-show. How do you find such segments? To be very honest, it is quite an intensive exercise to do as an individual. But there exist again few Facebook and Reddit groups and in fact, there are certain startups which offer this as a service. Once you sign up with them, they keep publishing weekly such fares uh, if it arises. And if you find anything interesting, you can go ahead and book it. But remember the disclaimer, the airlines can always uh, choose not to honor it. But uh, in my experience, 9 out of 10 times, mostly the airlines go ahead and honor this because these are very limited and rare cases. Then moving on. The third component, which is the airport fees and taxes. Remember, I mentioned earlier, this is almost a standardized uh, component of the airfare globally, and it has very little scope of optimizing. Uh, the only tip I generally give people is to see if you have an option to land in an LCC airport compared to a full cost airport. Example, uh, which I mentioned earlier is Bangkok or Kuala Lumpur. Finally, we come to the carrier imposed fees. This is an interesting aspect and is a gray area for me. There are, you know, certainly certain points where I'm never looking to optimize for cost. And then there are certain aspects where I honestly don't like paying more. Uh, let's look at them one by one. Refund policy. 
I generally book non-refundable tickets. You might ask, say that uh, it takes away the flexibility from you, and what happens in the case of uh, something unfortunate happening? Uh, remember, I said that I use the block feature very extensively. Uh, so almost always, I block my tickets and keep extending the block for as long as it allows. This gives me the benefit of a free cancellation ticket and the price advantage of a non-refundable ticket. The second one, obviously, is the baggage policy. Uh, if baggage is an additional cost to the fare, then as a thumb rule, we travel only with hand baggage if the trip is four to five days, with one check-in baggage for both of us if it is a long trip, and if it is really long trip like how we are doing right now. uh then we actually look to optimize for the base fare itself through rbd class which gives maximum baggage then comes the seats uh, i am always willing to pay a premium for additional leg space because with my knee condition it becomes a problem during air travel especially if it is a long flight meals not a big fan of airline meal so especially when we have to pay for it we prefer to carry our own food when required priority boarding and baggage uh, mostly with the seats that we book uh, we get this as a free benefit which is a great thing with this we have covered all four components of the airfare and as i said in the beginning of the podcast scoring a cheap airfare is not a single trick or secret there are multiple moving parts as we discussed and over a period of time you will understand how the system works and In fact you will get better at catching the signals to score that flight deal you always dreamt of. I told you about acing the airline system in my previous section as one way of scoring the deals but there's another important aspect and that is the human behavior. This is something that has always helped me but is very very subjective so take it with a pinch of salt. it may be applicable for you or not but nonetheless i felt it is worth sharing with the listeners the first thumb of rule for me is i never fix a destination for travel given that airfares form almost 50 to 60% of our vacation cost uh, generally i let the airfares surprise me with the next destination you know the world is so beautiful and there are so many places to visit there's no reason to knock off your travel list only in a particular order you know uh this philosophy has given me very rich payouts i've been lucky enough to see the cherry blossoms of japan tulip seasons of amsterdam the beer tents of munich road trip of vietnam laos cambodia new year in istanbul and the beautiful summer trek of patagonia all of these destinations were a result of a cheap airfare popping up in my system and then me deciding instinctively to book and go to these places number 2 i invest time probably like one hour a week to just monitor routes set up airfare alerts sign up for newsletters and by now i have about 80 routes that i'm regularly monitoring for airfares you might say you know well, there's better use of time but I have not seen in my entire travel experience of 10 years a rich or a poor person all of them want the cheapest airfare and their heart burns when they have to pay a premium for it right 
So one hour a week, I don't think is a very expensive uh, utilization of your time. And in fact, I consider this to be a hobby, which is both imparting significant knowledge about this industry for me. And it also gives me childlike enthusiasm, dreaming about the new destinations and the possibility of having a great airfare. The third one is that I always have flexibility in my departure city choice. Instead of a single departure base, I keep it flexible between few options. Uh, let's say if I'm traveling westward, I search for flights departing from Chennai, Bangalore and Colombo. If I'm traveling eastward, I search for flights departing from Chennai, Bangkok, Kuala Lumpur and Singapore. If I find a cheap fare from any of these hubs, then I book along with the additional ticket from Chennai to that particular city. One such example, I scored a 39,000 return ticket from India to Fiji, which was actually departing from uh, Singapore. So uh, 12K was my return ticket from Chennai to Singapore and 27K was my return ticket from Singapore to Fiji. The total flying duration was the same. And uh, if I had flown from India and it saved me at least 35,000 because I did not choose to fly directly from Chennai. The another common observation I have found is the cute wars between Air India and Sri Lankan Airlines. Uh, in order to capture the international flyer market share from respective countries, uh, Sri Lankan Airlines sometimes offer cheaper fares from Chennai to Europe via Colombo compared to going from Colombo to Europe directly. Uh, similarly, Air India offers cheap fares from Colombo to Europe via India versus Chennai to Europe directly. And finally, uh, I prefer LCC with priority seats compared to a full cost airlines, especially when the aircrafts are similar. Example, uh, Malaysian Airlines from Chennai to Kuala Lumpur is a narrow body aircraft. I would rather fly AirAsia with first row seats and at a cheaper price uh, because the experience is going to be the same for me in terms of the airline seat, airline category and duration of uh, the flight, etc. To be very honest, these behavioral traits and the understanding of airline fares I have gained over a period of time and having flown many times across multiple airlines. I have enjoyed this learning process and I continue to enjoy the entire process of flying itself now. Uh, I get to observe the flight operations of an airline, watch the entire economics of it very closely and check out the latest technology that this industry is adopting. The COVID period was very, very tough for the airline industry and put a significant dent in its uh, economics and profitability. So much so that the airfare inflation that we see as of today is so steep uh, when the restrictions were lifted for COVID. The pre-COVID era of uh, competing airfares is kind of gone in 2021, 2022 or in fact in 2023 also. Uh, because it's a period of recovery and consolidation for the airlines and they're looking to uh, make their balance sheets a lot more healthy. The other fact obviously is also that the demand has far outstripped the supply that the airlines have not even required to compete and reduce airfares. Uh, in a sense it is good because uh, we need airlines to have strong balance sheets so that they can survive this brutal industry 
and eventually have more competition in this space so that it is in the long run very good for the consumer. I have already started seeing signs of competition giving way to interesting airfares and maybe the next five years with the turn of uh, you know Air India and Indigo with large flight orders will probably create supply creation at a next level and the ambition to become an international hub will usher in a new price dynamics for the Indian consumer. This wraps up the episode of uh, Bucket List Project Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode and the conversation around cheap airline fares. Do you think uh, this has uh, educated you in the right direction and do you feel excited to you know continue to track airfares if yes i think i have done my job well um, if you liked what you listened to then please do subscribe to our podcast which is available both in spotify and apple see you next week and until then have a great time